Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Myra Davis, CIO at Texas Children's Hospital. In this segment, Davis talks about the enormous benefits of having IS represented in clinical care groups, why they're getting away from having analysts generate reports for clinicians, and the organization's guiding philosophy to always try to improve what isn't working. When you talked about the, the dashboards, I guess that that's kind of one way of, of taking it by chunks and you know maybe maybe solving like one kind of uh, issue at a time or that kind of like a, a way of doing it. Well, yeah. So what what we have are um, we have dashboards versus uh, I should say we have it for clinical care and operations. So. Mm-hmm. For operational leaders, what we have is uh, dashboards that speak to, um, you know, work hours per unit of service for, for, for hourly staff so that our leaders are able to um, really analyze operationally how they're doing from a staffing standpoint. Mm-hmm. We have financial dashboards where every leader in the organization is able to see um, how they're doing financially, so no excuses for running uh, significant variances in your shop because that data is available to you. These dashboards are all self-service, too. Um, We have a place, a SharePoint site, where you can go if granted access to these particular dashboards. Um, depending on role, um, and get that information. So when you look at it operationally, um, the type of data that the organization is using, there's a level of maturity there because they understand it. When you flip over to the the clinical side, because there's just so much and so many ways to do it, um, we have some dashboards available um, where providers can go and explore particular populations and get lists and just understand how many patients do I have that are, you know, hemoglobin, blah, blah, blah. Um, So there are certain things they can do, but, again, if they don't know they can do it, then they say there's nothing available to them. It's not their fault. They just don't know. So working very closely with our quality group who are committing to uh, assist and take a lead in in establishing a true structure that can uh, really be sort of a, a core structure to deploy to the organization and make available as resources to help uh, providers understand all the tools that are available. Because again, we we don't. It's not that we have a shortage of the technology. We have that. It's just for the organization's ability to understand the technology is where we've fallen short. So um, we're really working closely with them on their structure and to educate them on what's available and then allow them to educate the masses. And we actually believe that this could happen, right? So we've seen this model in other organizations, and it seems to be working really well. Uh, So um, we're going to give that a shot. And are you mostly speaking about the clinicians um, on the hospital side as far as, you know, accessing the data or is it? Yeah, it's hospital and ambulatory, inpatient and ambulatory. All right. So um, really a lot involved there. And uh, you mm-hmm. know, that's the point you're making about uh, the education component because I think that is something that, that perhaps gets lost when, you know, people are talking about this this whole process. It does. I think it's, I, I mean, I think we we made the same mistake and. We just assume everybody understood, yeah, and they knew what to do. And um, well, you shouldn't do that. You know what happens when you make assumptions. So yeah, <laughs> it happened to us. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. In terms of uh, you know the the evidence based 
guidelines and, and having this creating, a, you know, the processes that, that follow the evidence-based guidelines. So is that something that's also challenging just as far as staying on top of those? Because I, I imagine that they are guidelines that, that, are, uh, that can change, especially as, you know, different research comes out. One of our physicians, uh, Dr. Charles Macias, he sort of runs our EBOT group, our Evidence-Based Outcomes uh, Center, and he and that team sort of uh, tracks um, guidelines. Um, but what we haven't done, I mean, we have one really good evidence-based guideline for septic shock uh, that was um, created uh, not by Dr. Macias, but by Dr. Eric Williams and um, some of the other resources, and it was a team effort. Um, we need to do more of that and then feed that into whether we're going to do BPAs and EPIC or um, guidelines or health maintenance plans. Um, that's an area we need to also uh, get better at. We, you know, we, we're kind of been slow behind the eight ball on that one, um, but that's something that we're also focused on um, as a part of this effort. Because, again, we have the data, but um, to pull the science and the methodology together um, associated with us analyzing the data is, is an area of opportunity for us as well. Yeah. So when you talk about uh, the, the whole uh, enterprise data warehousing, the, the, you know, the, the transformations going on there, um, is it a challenge? When you're working, when you're involving, you know, IT and other stakeholders, and, and how do you kind of address that as far as, you know, you, you talked before about how the difference between, you know, operations and, and clinicals, even with things like dashboards. Now, is that something where you have to kind of form different teams, or how did you kind yeah. of approach that? You know, um, that's a really good question. On the, um, I mentioned the care process teams that we formed by different cohorts, and a part of that team, there's an enterprise uh, data architect, and there are um, um, EPIC analysts that participate on the team. Mm -hmm. And what I hear um, from the clinicians on the teams is that, you know, it's been very uh, valuable to have our IS um, team members participate as a part of their collaborative team because they realize that they talk very different languages, um, and we do. Um, and so it's been very beneficial to have them all together when they're talking about specific cohorts, et cetera, um, to, to make sure that what the analyst is seeing in the, in the warehouse or in the table schema, the field may be something very different, um, and the provider is just saying, is the data in there? So there's been some really comical stories about, how they've come to terms on what data really means um, and how they've interpreted data, right? So that's been proven to be very beneficial. What's not beneficial is when we have our reporting analyst sitting on the floor and a call comes in asking for, I don't know, a report of some sort, and um, the analyst will generate that report and give it back to the requester and then the requester will go, well, that's not what I asked for. And the analyst will go, that's exactly what you asked for. That's a classic case of uh, how, how it's not working when you think all you have to do is make a phone call uh, to someone who's looking at so many ways to interpret your question and extract that information um, to where you're constantly going back and forth. And by the time the data is given to you, 
it's very stale, it's not fresh, and so therefore you go, you as the requester go, it's useless. It makes no sense to call IS because you're just totally useless. Well, the report is useless and the process is extremely useless and inefficient. That's why we're really pushing the concept, Katie, uh, self-service, education on tools, and working with our quality uh, group to establish clinical liaisons who can be resources available to assist providers in understanding how to utilize the tool and interpret the data. That was a lot. <laughs> and then, so ideally, I guess the clinical liaisons uh, have the clinical knowledge, but then also enough uh, IT know-how to yes. kind of be the go-between. Yep. And again, we don't have that group established, but that's the model. Um, that we've been studying at some other organizations, and we're looking to adapt that model ourselves. But the goal would be that they understand, um, have that knowledge, have a little bit of both, right, enough to be dangerous, but also enough to be uh, extremely helpful. Right. So what, what would you say are, are kind of the next steps you're working towards with all of this? Um, so we're building, the quality leader is building the structure. She's appointed the, the leaders to build the structure. The good news is that we, we realize we actually have people in the organization today, but um, we're very disparate and siloed. And so she's changing that up and building a good uh, structure, and we're really excited about it. So, again, that kind of ongoing process to uh, – Yeah, you, it's a it's – a, you know, it's the plan, do, study, act, PDSA, over and over again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And the good news, you know, I think the, the good news is that we're not – we are always looking to identify what's not working. How can we make this better? Um, let's go through another cycle. Let's do a validation, you know. And so that's, that's very positive, I will say, about the organization is if it's not working, we'll figure out how to make it better. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of that willingness to uh, yeah. look at different options. You mentioned um, once or twice about models that, that other organizations are trying, and how is that something, how do you do that as far as reaching out to people um, just to, you know, to, to well, think about? Well, um, you know, as CIOs, we like to, we identify things that we're struggling with, and we just ask around, hey, what are you doing? And I was at a recent um, Epic UGM um, user group meeting of I don't know last month and uh, sat in on a couple of sessions where uh, they were talking about you know reporting sessions. I identified those because I knew the challenges we were having and and I identified where they were doing something different. You know these organizations had different structures in place and said you know we need that. That's, that could be what we're missing. And then some physicians at Texas Children's, they had gone to some other organizations and came back with that idea. And so, um, you know, that's how we do it. We just call around or we, you know, we're at sessions and we learn different things and we bring it back. And, and again, the good news is that the, our organization, Texas Children's, is always open to making ourselves better. So we, we listen. And if it's worth it, we'll give it a shot. But you know what? What can go wrong? It's not. It's not working now. It's sort of how we look at it. It's not working now, so you can't go wrong by trying something different. Right. Right. Yeah. I guess you really need to have that uh, that collaborative uh, kind of spirit right now. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at HealthSystemCIO.com backslash podcast.